The Adventures of Jerry Muskrat by Thornton W. Burgess. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 21 Jerry Muskrat Keeps Watch. The way in which to find things out and what goes on all round about is just to keep my two eyes peeled and two ears all the time unsealed. So said Jerry Muskrat as he settled himself comfortably on one end of the new dam across the Laughing Brook, deep in the green forest, and watched the dark shadows creep farther and farther out into the strange pond made by the new dam. I'm going to find out who it is that built this dam and who it is that filled the hole I made in it. I'm going to find out if I have to move up here and live all summer. The way in which Jerry said this and snapped his teeth together showed that he meant just what he said. You see, Jerry had spent another long, weary day opening the hole in the dam once more, only to have it closed again while he slept. That had been enough for Jerry. He hadn't tried again. Instead, he had made up his mind that he would find out who was playing such a trick on him. He would watch until they came, and if they were not bigger than he, or there were not too many of them, he would, well, the way Jerry gritted and clashed those sharp teeth of his sounded as if he meant to do something pretty bad. Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter had given up in disgust and started for the big river. They are great travelers anyway, and so didn't mind so much because there was no longer water enough in the Laughing Brook and the Smiling Pool. Grandfather Frog and Spider the Turtle, who are such very, very slow travelers, had decided that the big river was too far away, and so they would stay and live in the strange pond for a while, though it wasn't nearly so nice as their dear smiling pool. They had gone to sleep now, each in his own secret place, where he would be safe for the night. So Jerry Muskrat sat alone and watched. The black shadows crept farther and farther across the pond and grew blacker and blacker. Jerry didn't mind this, because, as you know, his eyes are made for seeing in the dark, and he dearly loves the night. Jerry had sat there a long time without moving. He was listening and watching. By and by, he saw something that made him draw in his breath and anger leap into his eyes. It was a little silver line on the water, and it was coming straight towards the dam where he sat. Jerry knew it was made by someone swimming. Ha! said Jerry. Now we shall see. Nearer and nearer came the silver line. Then Jerry made out the head of the swimmer. Suddenly, all the anger left Jerry. He didn't have room for anger. A great fear had crowded it out. The head was bigger than that of any muskrat Jerry had ever seen. It was bigger than the head of any of Billy Mink's relatives. 
it was the head of a stranger a stranger so big that jerry felt very very small and hoped with all his might that the stranger would not see him jerry held his breath as the stranger swam past and climbed out of the dam he looked very much like jerry himself only ever and ever so much bigger and his tail jerry had never seen such a tail it was very broad and flat suddenly the big stranger turned and looked straight at jerry hello jerry muskrat said he don't you know me jerry was too frightened to speak i'm your big cousin from the north i'm paddy the beaver and if you leave my dam alone i think we'll be good friends continued the stranger i-i i hope so said jerry in a very faint voice trying to be polite but his teeth were chattering with fear End of chapter twenty one chapter twenty two jerry loses his fear oh tell me you and you and you if it may hap you've ever heard of all that wondrous is and great the greatest is the spoken word it's true it's the truest thing that ever was if you don't believe it you just go ask jerry muskrat he'll tell you it's true and jerry knows you see it's this way words are more than just sounds oh my yes they are little messengers and once they have been sent out you can't call them back no sir you can't call them back and sometimes that is a very sad thing because well you see these little messengers always carry something to someone else and that something may be anger or hate or fear or an untruth and it is these things which make most of the trouble in this world or that something may be love or sympathy or helpfulness or kindness and it is these things which put an end to most of the troubles in this world just take the case of jerry muskrat there he sat on the new dam which had made the strange pond in the green forest shaken with fear until his teeth chattered as he watched a stranger very very much bigger than he climb up on the dam jerry was afraid because he had seen that stranger could swim as well as he could and as jerry had no secret burrows there he knew that he couldn't get away from the stranger if he wanted to somehow jerry knew without being told that the stranger had built the dam and you know jerry had twice made a hole in the dam to let the water out of the strange pond into the laughing brook jerry knew right down in his heart that if he had built that dam he would be very very angry with anyone who tried to spoil it and that is just what he had tried to do so he sat with chattering teeth too frightened to even try to run i wish i had let someone else keep watch said jerry to himself 
Then the big stranger had spoken. He had said, Hello, Jerry Muskrat. Don't you know me? And his voice hadn't sounded the least bit angry. Then he had told Jerry that he was his big cousin, Paddy the Beaver, and he hoped that they would be friends. Now everything was just as it had been before. The strange pond, the dam, Jerry himself, and the big stranger, and the black shadows of the night. And yet, somehow, everything was different, all because a few pleasant words had been spoken. A great fear had fallen away from Jerry's heart, and in its place was a great hope that, after all, there wasn't to be any trouble. So he replied to Paddy the Beaver as politely as he knew how. Paddy was just as polite, and the first thing Jerry knew, instead of being enemies, as Jerry had all along made up his mind would be the case when he found the builder of the dam, here they were becoming the best of friends, all because Paddy the Beaver said the right thing in the right way. But you haven't told me yet what you made those holes in my dam for, Cousin Jerry, said Paddy the Beaver finally. Jerry didn't know just what to say. He was so pleased with his big new cousin that he didn't want to hurt his feelings by telling him that he didn't think that dam had any business to be across the Laughing Brook, and at the same time he wanted Paddy to know how he had spoiled the Laughing Brook and the Smiling Pool. At last he made up his mind to tell the whole story. End of chapter 22 Chapter 23 Paddy the Beaver Does a Kind Deed Paddy the Beaver listened to all that his small cousin Jerry Muskrat had to tell him about the trouble which Paddy's dam had caused in the Laughing Brook and the Smiling Pool. You see, we who live in the Smiling Pool love it dearly, and we don't want to have to leave it. But if the water cannot run down the Laughing Brook, there can be no Smiling Pool, and so we will have to move off to the big river, concluded Jerry Muskrat. That is why I tried to spoil your dam. There was a twinkle in the eyes of Paddy the Beaver as he replied, Well, now that you have found out that you can't do that, because I am bigger than you and can stop you, what are you going to do about it? I don't know, said Jerry Muskrat sadly. I don't see what we can do about it. Of course, you are big and strong and can do just as you please, but it doesn't seem right that we who have lived here so long should have to move and go away from all that we love just because you, a stranger, happen to want to live here. I tell you what. Jerry's eyes sparkled as a brand new thought came to him. Couldn't you come down and live in the Smiling Pool with us? I'm sure there is room enough. Paddy the Beaver shook his head. No, said he, and Jerry's heart sank. No, I can't do that, because down there there isn't any of the kind of food I eat. Besides, I wouldn't feel at all safe in the Smiling Pool. You see, I always live in the woods. No, I couldn't possibly come down to live in the Smiling Pool. 
but i'm truly sorry that i have made you so much worry cousin jerry and i'm going to prove it to you now you sit right here until i come back before jerry realized what he was going to do paddy the beaver dived into the pond and as he disappeared his broad tail hit the water such a slap that it made jerry jump then there began a great disturbance down under the water in a few minutes up bobbed a stick and then another and another and the water grew so muddy that jerry couldn't see what was going on paddy was gone a long time jerry wondered how he would stay under water so long without air all the time paddy was just fooling him he would come up to the surface stick his nose out nothing more fill his lungs with fresh air and go down again suddenly jerry muskrat heard a sound that made him prick up his funny little short ears and whirl about so that he could look over the other side of the dam into the laughing brook what do you think that sound was why it was the sound of rushing water the sweetest sound jerry had listened to for a long time there was a great hole in the dam and already the brook was beginning to laugh as the water rushed down it how do you like that cousin jerry said a voice right in his ear paddy the beaver had climbed up beside him and his eyes were twinkling it's it's splendid cried jerry but but you've spoiled your dam oh that's all right replied paddy i didn't really want it now anyway i don't usually build dams at this time of year and i built this one just for fun because it seemed such a nice place to build one you see i was traveling through here and it seemed such a nice place that i thought i would stay a while i didn't know anything about the smiling pool you know now i guess i'll have to move on and find a place where i can make a pond in the fall that will not trouble other people you see i don't like to be troubled myself and so i don't want to trouble other people this green forest is a very nice place the very nicest place in all the world excepting the green meadows and the smiling pool replied jerry promptly won't you stay cousin patty i'm sure we would all like to have you of course we would said a gruff voice right beside them it was grandfather frog patty the beaver looked thoughtful perhaps i will said he if i can find some good hiding places in the laughing brook End of chapter 23 Chapter 24 A Merry Homegoing The Laughing Brook is merry, and so am I, cried Jerry. Grandfather Frog said he was too, and Spotty was, the others knew. The trees stood with wet feet where just a little while before had been the strange pond in the green forest. The pond was made by the dam of Paddy the Beaver. In the dam was a great hole made by Paddy himself. 
through the green forest rang the laughter of the laughing brook for once more the water ran deep between its banks and in the hearts of grandfather frog and jerry muskrat and spotty the turtle was laughter also for now the smiling pool would smile once more and they could go home in peace and happiness and there was one more who laughed who was it why paddy the beaver to be sure and his was the best laugh of all for it was because he had brought happiness to others you beat me up here to the dam but you won't beat me back to the smiling pool cried jerry muskrat to spotty the turtle spotty laughed good-naturedly you'd better not stop to eat or play or sleep on the way then said he for i shall keep right on going all the time i found that is the only way to get anywhere let us all go down together said grandfather frog we can help each other over the bad places jerry muskrat laughed until he had to hold his sides at the very thought of grandfather frog or spotty the turtle being able to help him but he is very good-natured and so he agreed that they should all go down together paddy the beaver said that he would go too so off the four started jerry muskrat and paddy the beaver swimming side by side and behind them grandfather frog and spotty the turtle now spotty the turtle is a very slow traveler on land but in the water spotty is not so slow in fact it was not long before grandfather frog found that he was the one who could not keep up you see while he is a great diver and can swim fast for a short distance he is soon tired out pretty soon he was puffing and blowing and dropping farther and farther behind by and by spotty the turtle looked back there was grandfather frog just tumbling head first over a little waterfall he came up choking and gasping and kicking his long legs very feebly spotty climbed out on a rock and waited he helped grandfather frog out beside him and when grandfather frog had once more gotten his breath what do you think spotty did why he took grandfather frog right on his back and started on again now jerry muskrat and paddy the beaver being great swimmers were soon out of sight all at once jerry remembered that they had agreed to go back together and down in his heart he felt a little bit mean when he looked for grandfather frog and spotty the turtle and could see nothing of them so he and paddy sat down to wait after what seemed a long time they saw something queer bobbing along the water it's grandfather frog cried paddy the beaver no it's spotty the turtle said jerry muskrat <laughs> it's both <laughs> replied paddy beginning to laugh just then spotty tumbled over another waterfall which he hadn't seen and of course grandfather frog went with him and lost his hold on spotty's back i have an idea cried paddy what is it asked jerry why grandfather frog can ride on my flat tail replied paddy and then we'll go slow enough for spotty to keep up with us and so it was that just as the first moonbeams kissed the smiling pool 
out of the Laughing Brook swam the merriest party that ever was seen. Chuggerum, said Grandfather Frog. It is good to be home, but I think I would travel often if I could have the tail of Paddy the Beaver for a boat. End of Chapter 24 Chapter 25 Paddy the Beaver Decides to Stay The fair green meadows spreading wide, the smiling pool and laughing brook, they fill our hearts with joy and pride. We love their every hidden nook. So said Jerry Muskrat as he climbed up on the big rock in the middle of the smiling pool with Paddy the Beaver beside him and watched the dear smiling pool dimpling and smiling in the moonlight as he had so often seen it before the great trouble had come. Chug-a-rum, said Grandfather Frog in his great deep voice from the bulrushes. One never knows how great their blessings are until they have been lost and found again. The bulrushes nodded as if they too were thinking of this. You see, their feet were once more in the cool water. Paddy the Beaver seemed to understand just how everyone felt, and he smiled to himself as he saw how happy these new friends of his were. It surely is a very nice place here. And I don't wonder that you couldn't bear to leave it, said he. I'm sorry that I made you all that trouble and worry. But you see, I didn't know. Oh, that's all right, replied Jerry Muskrat, who was now very proud of his big cousin. I hope that now you see how nice it is, you will stay and make your home here. Paddy the Beaver looked back at the great black shadow which he knew was the green forest. Way over in the middle of it he heard the hunting call of Hooty the Owl. Then he looked out over the green meadows, and from way over on the far side of them sounded the bark of Reddy Fox, and it was answered by the deep voice of Bowser the Hound up in Farmer Brown's dooryard. For some reason that last sound made Paddy the Beaver shiver a little, just as the voice of Hooty the Owl made the smaller people of the Green Forest and the Green Meadows shiver when they heard it. Paddy wasn't afraid of Hooty or of Reddy Fox, but Bowser's great voice was new to him, and somehow the very sound of it made him afraid. You see, the Green Meadows were so strange and open that he didn't feel at all at home, for he dearly loves the deepest part of the green forest. No, said Paddy the Beaver. I can't possibly live here in the smiling pool. It is a very nice pool, but it wouldn't do at all for me, Cousin Jerry. I wouldn't feel safe here a minute. Besides, there's nothing to eat here. Oh, yes, there is, Jerry Muskrat interrupted. There are lily roots and the nicest freshwater clams and— But there are no trees, said Paddy the Beaver. And you know I have to have trees. Jerry stared at Paddy as if he didn't understand. Do—do you eat trees? He asked finally. Paddy laughed. (laughs) Just the bark, said he. And I have to have a great deal of it. 
Jerry looked as disappointed as he felt. Of course, you can't stay then, said he. And, and I had thought that we would have such good times together. Patty's eyes twinkled. Perhaps we may yet, said he. You see, I have about made up my mind that I will stay a while along the Laughing Brook in the Green Forest, and you can come to see me there. On our way down I saw a very nice hole in the bank that I think will make me a good house for the present, and you can come up there to see me. But if I do stay, you and Grandfather Frog and Spotty the Turtle must keep my secret. No one must know that I am there. Will you? Of course we will cried Jerry Muskrat and Grandfather Frog and Spotty the Turtle together. Then I'll stay, said Paddy the Beaver, diving into the smiling pool with a great splash. And so one of Jerry Muskrat's greatest adventures ended in the finding of his biggest cousin, Paddy the Beaver. Now Jerry has a lot of cousins, and one of them lives on the green meadows not far from the Smiling Pool. His name is Danny Meadow Mouse, and Danny is forever having adventures, too. He has them every day. In the next book, you will be told about some of these, if you care to read about them. End of Chapter 25 End of the Adventures of Jerry Muskrat by Thornton W. Burgess